What's up? Welcome to the podcast, The Struggle is Real, with your boy, Bakari Booten. Glad you can make it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for giving me a listen. And if you could, give this podcast five stars. If you like it, if you don't, tell me what you don't like about it, what I can be doing different. I love growth and I love uh, understanding. So thank you for checking me out and tell me what you think. Now, this podcast is called The Struggle is Real because the struggle is real. Trust me. It's a lot of stuff to get into, a lot of stuff going on. It started out as sort of a personal journal for myself. I would always record a lot of things that I was thinking, a lot of things that I was going through because I had so much drama going on for so long. Still do, but, you know, just better with coping with it. So I would be in groups and go to meetings and, and talk to counselors and be all over Facebook and social media. And I, I kind of noticed the common thing. The more I would say these things, like the more I would bring it up, like, hey, how do you guys handle this? How do you guys handle this? Or just tell my story. I would get so many people saying like, oh, that happened to me. Oh, I went through the same thing. Oh, it, it's, yeah, you just got to deal with it. And I just thought, man, if all these people are going with, even like women, they would say, oh, I got a brother or I got a cousin or I got a best friend or, you know, going through it as well. So I just thought, man, this is crazy. And I want to hear more stories and I want to get my story out there to more people who may be going through the same things and see some of the things I use to remedy some of the situations and some of the failures that I had. Because with this podcast, I want to be bluntly honest as as possible. So if it could help somebody, that's cool. If I could get some feedback, that's cool. And just to be overall entertaining, my my life is hectic. So even if it's entertaining to some people, that's still cool. But just positive energies, trying to be brutally honest. I have not been perfect, not done everything perfect, but you know, it's, I'm, I'm still learning. So that's what this podcast is about. Uh, A little bit about myself. I'm a husband, father, hardworking man, been married for two years, going on three in a little bit. Uh, got two beautiful daughters, 10 and nine. Been, uh, just a blessing, just trying to be the best dad that I can be divorced though. So you know, that's, that's never easy. There's the baby mama on this side. And then my wonderful, beautiful wife on the other side. Um, just been a roller coaster ride trying to acclimate, you know, her and my kids to our new situation. And you would think since I'm still having issues, it's it's been recent. Nope. (laughs) It's been like six years and I'm still having crazy issues. Now it didn't start this this hectic, I would say maybe for the first year, it was okay. I'm like, okay, this is great. I can do this. But then after that, I don't know what changed. I mean, I have my ideas and we'll get into that too. But after, after something happened in, I want to say her life, because it couldn't have been mine. And everything just flipped on its head and it's kind of been crazy. So, man, it's a, it's a, it's a long story. And I'll give you a little background and talk about some of the things I want to talk about when it comes to like parenting issues. So uh, I would say like five years ago, we split up, me and my ex. And we had, you know, at the time, maybe a four and a three-year-old. And uh, she would kind of push the issue on take care of the kids, take care of the kids, which I was grateful for, like you should. But I was in a different, I was coming from a really far away, a different city. And 
I felt like she was just pushing that issue because she knew I couldn't do it. Like my job isn't, my job is three hours away. I live out there. I don't, I don't have my own place. I'm kind of like renting a room for one of my friends. So it's not like a conducive place for my daughters to come spend weeks with me, which is what she was pushing. Like, Hey, you need 50, 50 time. I need a life. I need to do things. And I'm like, Hey, I can't, I, I would take them on weekends and I would go to like my mom's house and I would hang out with them. Uh, because it was just too far. So I would drive like the two and a half hours I would get here and I would just kind of hang out with my kids for the weekend and I would drop them back off and I would drive all the way back and then I would just work. So that, that was the dynamic for about eight months. And then once I, I, I was looking for a job constantly closer to home. So once I did that, I moved back out here and then I could start keeping them a little more, but I still wasn't completely on my feet. So I had to find a place and do all that stuff. During all this time, she's just on my head, like, get the kids. I'm doing everything. You're not doing anything. I'm watching them. I'm hanging out with them. I'm spending as much time as I possibly can with them, just not as much as she wants. She did not care about living situations, job situations, financial situations, none of that. She just like, yo, get these kids, get these kids. You a deadbeat. You're not doing all this stuff. And I'm explaining like, hey, no, I'm not. I'm working. I'm doing me. Just give me give me a couple months to get on my feet. I just moved all the way back out here. I, like this is not a great place for my kids. I'm kind of staying with friends. The whole nine is still going on. And then um, while I was staying with a friend, I actually met my wife, which which is a funny story in itself. And I, I'll have her explain it. She'll be on here a lot. So I met her. We we got together. It, it became serious maybe after like six months. Great relationship. She was fun. She was cool. She was she was pretty much the missing piece to my what I call my perfect life now. Like she came and added so much to it that it was just crazy. And I always kind of saw myself as, you know, a, a big non-commitment person. I could not commit to anything like I really <laughs> I really had. I used to prey on this, like, man, I don't know what's wrong with me. This, this girl's perfect. This girl's perfect. I don't know why. I just don't feel like I can commit to anything. And that was one of the biggest reasons, you know, my, the biggest issues my, my ex had with me is that I always had one foot in and one foot out the door. And I'm not going to lie. I really did. I, I thought I went to counseling for that. I was like, man, I think I have issues. You know, I can't commit to anything. I, I can't see a reason why I don't want to be here. But I, whenever, you know, the thought of long-term came up and I, I would still be like uh, uh, panicking and stuff and, you know, I was going back and forth and I could admit back then that I really wasn't, you know, a great husband like that. So that, that was kind of crazy. But so when I met my wife now, you know, I immediately did not feel like that. Like it's, it's almost like a light bulb went off and every reservation that I had or every fear that I had when it came to committing to something just kind of went away. And I was the aggressor with, with commitment and, you know, getting together and moving forward with our life. And, you know, where I wasn't used to that, that was never me. I was always the one kind of like, well, I don't know. Well, okay, let's take it slow. No, I don't want to buy anything. No, I don't want to put anything in our names because I don't know. Like that was me. And with her, it was kind of like the opposite. And I kind of felt like, this is it. And I knew that early on, like after maybe like three months, I was like, yeah, this is it. 
And, you know, now it's almost three years later and I was right. Like, this is it. So luckily that happened. And, you know, after maybe like a year, we moved in together and everything was great. And then she met the kids and uh, she just hit it off with them like right away. Like better than I could have expected. I was kind of like nervous. I kind of introduced us as friends. Like this is my friend. And we never like hu- like hugged or kissed in front of her or anything just to, you know, fill it out, see how she do. But she wasn't like, even though she didn't have any kids, she wasn't like shy, nervous, anything. She was just cool. She was like, bam, kids. Great. And, you know, she's already a goofball anyway. So she was laughing and playing with them instantly. And we had a lot of fun right off the bat. We we started going places and hanging out more and the, and the visits would normally be without the kids. I would just have the kids and she would come every now and then, but then it started becoming more frequent. She started coming around a lot more. And then, you know, the more I saw that, the more I was like, okay, now I'm a hundred percent sure because, you know, this woman's perfect. And we got our own place and right then and there, I thought this would be where the problems start. I'm like, okay, well, this girl's going to be kind of upset because I mean, on one hand, I could kind of see her point because the things I do now, I didn't do any of these things when I was married before. Like I, I, now I cook dinner every night. It's just something I like to do and something like I experiment with different foods and try different things. And I'm, I'm more, I'm home all the time. Like if I'm not working, I'm home spending time with my kids. If I'm not, if my kids have their week with their mom, then I'm spending time with my wife. You know, I make time for them. I, I talk to them. I do all these things that I didn't, I, maybe I was young. I don't know, but I didn't do these things back then. So, you know, she, she's right to have a little bit of beef. I, I gave her that, like you can have a little bit of beef. Well, now she took that and went way overboard, but you know, I still took that as, okay, you can have a little beef with me because it's, it's hard to see the man I am now when you knew the men I was then and like, well, you know, that's jacked up. You did, Cause I didn't cook anything back then. You know, I, I didn't, you know, I, I would come home, I would hop on my Xbox and do that to unwind. But I just think it was because I wasn't unhappy, but still, I didn't know what it was. I, it just, that's just who I was. That's the space I was in then. So I understand. I will never tell anyone in that relationship. I was a great husband. I won't because I wasn't now father still great. Like I was just a great dad. It's just what I was. You know, I, 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 a lot of times I couldn't separate the two. Like I couldn't, I would be in dad mode all day and not in husband mode at all. Like, you know, I would play games with my kids and talk to my kids all day and barely say any words to my wife. And that was crazy. And I had to learn that that was bad. And I feel like I'm taking everything, everything that I learned from experience in that relationship, everything I jacked up in that one, I'm making concerted effort to be better in this one. So, and I I think that's all anyone can do. It's not a bad thing or a good thing. It's just kind of how it worked out for me. So anyway, with, with that, my wife became in there and I thought that this would be like a really bad point for us, but it wasn't. It turns out my, my ex was, was cool. We were, we were good. Uh, the first, I, I remember we hadn't officially signed the papers, although we were separated for a really long time. We had just never got around to actually signing the papers. So we went together like she, she came to the house while we waited for the notary so we can sign all the papers. We had went over everything. 
we we didn't have any disputes on anything. It was okay. Kids are going to be fifty fifty. You know, we're gonna we're you take what you came with. I take what I came with. Everything was great, and I was happy with that. Like, wow, this is this is going well. I even told her like. I'm so happy that we're friends right now. And we went, the notary didn't show up. I remember the notary didn't show up. So we, we stayed at, at my house, just me and her, you know, kids are at school, uh, wife, girlfriend at the time was at work. So it was just me and her. And we're just sitting there talking while we wait for the notary for about an hour. It didn't show up. So we Google a, a, a notary close by so we can go and sign it. And then we sign the papers and we ride together. We're talking all friendly just about like life and everything that's going on. And I thought that, that that was cool. I'm like, man, that was cool. I mean, it was one weird thing where she she came over with like a Starbucks coffee. And then uh, when she got done drinking it, she threw it in the trash. But then she went back and got it real fast. I was like, oh, I don't want your I don't want your girlfriend to be mad or something like that. But I was kind of thinking like, mm, what, why would you say that? Like, first of all, my girlfriend trusts me. And second of all, she's not going to, she's not petty. She's not going to care about that. But I mean, that, that was one like red flag where I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. But maybe that's in my head. You you guys tell me. But then, so that happened. We signed that. And then every weekend after that, like we got in a group message, my girl, my girlfriend at the time, who's my wife and her, we all started a group message. So we would, we would text information. Like she would text things that, you know, my wife and I needed to know. And we would text her things that would come up. And it, would, it I was like, man, this worked out way better than I thought. This this is the beginning of a great life for us. And for the first, I say like eight months, it was. It was like a blessing. And blessings were just piling up for us. Like, you know, movements and jobs. And my wife was getting career moves. And the kids were happy. And we were traveling, seeing the world. And this was before COVID when people could actually move. So we're doing all this stuff. We're going all, all over the world where they've never been on a plane. So we're like, okay, well, we're going to buy, buy plane tickets. I want your first trip to be somewhere close. So we just flew them somewhere close. And we're just doing all these things. And I'm like, man, this is the kind of life I, I dreamed of when I was a kid. So we would, I would say around eight months, we were talking. We would Just to give you an example, these are the kind of things that we used to do as co-parents. So the kid, the, I don't know why, but the kids have awards like every week at this school, it seems like, like you can't have a full-time job with this school. Every week, it seemed like one of us had to go up to the school for something. So we would always rotate. She's like, I'll go sometimes, you go sometimes. So, uh, so somebody wouldn't have to like burn all their leave time or all their vacation time, just traveling to schools for awards that seems to be happening every day. Luckily, we had really good kids who were really smart and they, they get good grades and good grades are an understatement, actually. They get amazing grades and the teachers love them. So that's good. But we would always get an award assembly or a teacher, parent teacher conferences and all these things. So we would go to every parent teacher conference together and always agree on everything. Like we never had any issues there. We're like, okay, I agree with this. She agrees with this. We totally agree with the teacher. This is how we'll handle it every single time. Never had any issues. Then we would go, we would take turns going to the award assembly because it would happen so often. We're like, okay, when I couldn't make it, she would FaceTime me so I can be there kind of like I'm at work, but I'm watching on my phone and I'm waving to the kids saying hi and everything. And when she was at work, I would FaceTime her and she could say them and wave and everything. And we'd kind of rotate like that. And we would take turns with the uh, like 
take your parent to lunch day thing. So we would take turns and all these things. Uh, we would we would text anything like when she would pick up the kids, she would come inside the house and they would show her what she did for the week and she would help them get dressed. And, you know, we would have no problem with it at all because my wife and I was like, this is great. We have no issues at all. And, you know, we would call for some little things like, hey, uh, is the kid's sweater over there or something to that effect? And everything was great. Now, I thought that would be that because I know I would never mess this up. Like, no, why would I? Like, this is the one fear that I had taken away. So this is great. So one day <laughs> I get a message. Now, I don't know if this is the turning point, but I believe this is the turning point. Let her tell it. It's not. It just happened out of nowhere, apparently. But. I get a call or I get a text message and it says, hey, oh no, we get engaged first. So first we get engaged. And once we get engaged, we're gonna take some some pictures. So there's this whole big thing about doing the kids' hair. We can't do it apparently. Nobody can touch, touch their hair except her because I have two daughters. No one can touch their hair except her. So there's this whole big thing there. And it seems like every time something big happens in my life, there's a problem, but anyway. The whole year goes by, we get engaged to be married, and there's this there's this just lucky feeling that I have about everything. Like, man, everything worked out for me well. I'm glad I don't have commitment issues like I thought I did. Everything's great. Then I get a text message, and I knew, I kind of knew, but I was hoping against hope. Now, this text message only said this, but that's all I needed to hear to know that there was going to be problems. The text message only said, hey, I told you I would let you know if I started talking to someone seriously, and I am. I just want to let you know that I'm going to introduce them to the kids because it's getting serious. Knowing her like I knew, because every single time this would happen, she would be a little different. She's one of those people to me that changes her personality to match who she's who she's dating. And I know a lot of like women who do that actually. And some some guys, well more so I, I just kind of notice it in women. But some dudes do it too. But she takes it to a whole new level. Like she becomes an extension of that person. Whatever he's into, she's now into just that way. So I, I kind of have my I kind of have my reasons to be skeptical and I really was, but I just I thought we were so far past that that there's no way this could happen. So I just told her, hey, you know, you don't have to tell me everything. I trust you. I know you're going you're gonna to do great and continue to do great things. You know, just make sure he doesn't hit my kids. He's not yelling at my kids. He doesn't discipline my kids. That's all your role or my role. That's it. And please, and I literally wrote this, please don't change. I know you won't. I trust you. But please don't change. Literally wrote that word for word. And she was like, I won't. What are you talking about? No, we're good. We're good. That, I still remember the date. That was February 25th of some year. February 28th, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, message. I can see the message I sent where I'm, where she's like, or I sent where I'm saying, hey, don't change. Everything's okay. And she's saying, oh, it's not. Don't be crazy. We're good. And then my very next message, two days later, because it's my time to get the kids in, hey, where are you? Because she, you know, she has to drop them off before she go to work. 
It's her day to drop them off. So no reply. A few hours go by. I message again. Hey, is everything okay? Where are the girls? No reply. Another couple hours go by. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? I told you. What is this? Where are the kids? By now, they they had a schedule where they needed to be there at 7. By now, it's noon. It's 12 o'clock. And I'm like, with no response, no anything. I don't know what's going on. She could be hurt, for all I know. So she finally replies, and she's like, oh, the kids aren't with me. They're with her sister. They're with my sister. And I'm like, what? Why Why are they there and not here on my day? I don't understand. Why wouldn't you say all this stuff I'm just saying? And she's just like, oh, my bad. And I tell her right then and there, like, already? It's been two days. I told you. What are you doing? And she's like, oh, my God, you're blowing this out of proportion. I'm like, like, that had never happened before. Like, we had been going probably a year strong, and that had never happened before. So I was, like, taken back. Like, what? This is crazy already? And little did I know that that little foreshadowing was what was going to be the rest of my life moving forward. And that was maybe three years ago. And in the next three years of my life was probably the craziest three years of my existence ever, just because of that. Now, (laughs) so many things are going to happen in these next three years that will change my perception on people, change my perception on love, change my perception on life. Like, man, it it's probably the hardest time I've ever had. And, and you know, I've been to Iraq and Afghanistan. So that kind of sparked the change and me wanting to learn more about what, why co-parenting is so hard and why things happen. I've been to counseling. I've talked to people. I even... Before before the show today, I just wanted to know. So I Googled. I really sat there and I Googled uh, how to deal with a difficult co-parent. And even the answers there, I felt like were no were no good to anyone. There like there's very little help you can go to for these things. Trust me, I know, because I've been everywhere. Like even even with the Googling, here's some of the tips that they gave me. Say I was a person who was really looking for help, and I go to Google a lot for a lot of things and usually have great answers, but for this, it's not really. Even though we know that almost all of divorcees with kids have some sort of parenting issue, there is no real help for those. Now, I've, t- I've spoken to social workers, I've spoken to doctors, I've 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 spoken to the police, I've spoken to judges and lawyers and all these people, and they always say, you know, well, social workers are like, well, here's some counseling, go to this counseling, this this will help, this, this is what you guys need to do, you guys need to communicate better. Okay, so what do I do if this person doesn't want to communicate? They literally trying to ruin my life. Like, this isn't a lack of communication. We can talk fine, <laughs> but this person does not want to communicate. What do you do then? What do you do if this is deliberate? Like they don't have answers for that. They, 
most of the answers I got were assuming that there was just some miscommunication in there and nobody had any malice or, you know, cruel intentions going on here. And I'm like, see, that that's where we're falling apart because you guys are just assuming that, oh, no, they just it's just a missing link somewhere. We got to connect. No, it's not. that. What do I do if there is no missing link? And this person's just trying just crazy, you know, and the answers were always kind of the same. Like, well, I don't I don't have anything for that. Or here, just go to counseling, both of you and then do this. Here's a co-parenting class to go to. OK, this this is ridiculous. That's kind of how I felt. So I Googled this today and I was like, OK, let me see. Let me see some of the things that they suggest you do. And the top five things that I found. One, accept that you can't change the co-parent. Okay, that, that that's going to help me. Accepting that I can't change them. I, I, I Well, I think I knew that from all the issues that we had for the previous four years. Number two, set boundaries. Well, if, <laughs> if the person was respecting boundaries, I don't think we would have co-parenting issues. It would just be great co-parenting. That would be the name of our issue. Like if you if you can get the person to respect your boundaries, I can't get the person to respect me, let alone some boundaries that I'm gonna set. Like if like I could just say, hey, you know what? Don't talk negatively to the kids. Really? I didn't try that. Like, <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Wow. You know, I I didn't even think of that. I should just tell her what I want. Crazy, right? Number three, develop a low conflict communication style. Yep. Develop a low conflict communication style. That's what you want me to do? That that thank you again. Yet another thing that we just didn't try. I'm like, you know what? It never occurred to me to talk to her rationally. Like that's crazy. Man, you know I'm going to try that one next time. Number 4 don't take what the co-parent says personally. So don't take what the co-parent says personally. So you're telling me, <laughs> don't take what she says personally. Or he, if if you're if you're in this case, how do you do that? Like I, I just, I first, that's totally fine because a lot of times I don't even care what this person says about me or thinks about me or anything to that effect. That isn't the issue. Like, that's easy. Don't take what they say personally. Meh. First of all, I know it's meant to be taken personally, and it's meant to be offensive 90% of the time. So don't take it personally. It doesn't help or hurt me at all. And five, talk to your children in age-appropriate ways. Okay, so how does that get me to get her to stop not doing that? So you just want me to do all these things seems like corrections that you want me to make, but where are the where are the corrections with that person? Like, I, well, these are th like talk to your kids in age appropriate ways. Okay, I do that, but this problem still exists because this person doesn't. Now what? And these are really the answers that you find. They're so the problem that I have with. And, and I've spoken to social workers and told them this, like, no, I'm not going. I'm like, hey, go to some class or go to something. And I tell them, no, I'm not going. 
I'm definitely not doing it. And that's my problem. Everything they tell you is so generic in these meetings, in these classes. It's it's things that a lot of these situations are, you know, person specific, like specific to that couple. Like some, it's it's not generic, but every answer seems to be generic. Like I, I feel like every social worker you talk to is going to recommend a co-parenting class without ever knowing the real reason. Like, okay, we're, we are well beyond a co-parenting class here. Like there is a person who is literally trying to destroy my life and using my kids to do it. And you think if she learns some new ways to communicate with me, that that's the problem and everything will be solved. Like, okay, well, you guys just need to do what's best for the kids. Yes, I know that. Okay, well, you guys just need to learn how to communicate. Okay, I like these are things that sound good, I guess, and you can check a box and say you said them, but they don't help anyone, any, any real issue. So <laughs> that's where I've been for the last three years. And trust me, we're going to get into a lot more detail with some of the issues that I've been with, some of my court issues, some of my lawyer issues, some of my uh, CPS issues, some of like, man, there's so much to get into, but I wanted to take the first episode to kind of give you guys a little bit of backstory of just this. My next episode, I'll have my wife on and we'll go into a more depth background of us and our dynamic and some of the things I think. And trust me, my wife is really patient with me and really understanding because a lot of my beliefs are not the norm. I could just say that. Um, <laughs> for example, I do not believe in love. I don't. I've seen too much. I know too much. I do not believe in love. And I'm here to say, well, how are you married and love your wife if you don't believe in love? See, that's different. <laughs> that's different. Now, I love my wife, but I do not believe in it. Now, we'll we'll talk about that and how she's cool with that, how she understands. She knows that, you know, I'll give my life for my wife because I love her that much, like more than anything in the world. But I just, it's, it's, it's a long story. We'll get into that in episode two and some of the issues with my very fourth, my very first time going to court and how that went. And then after that, we'll bring on a couple of our friends. And they'll explain some of their issues, too, because, as I said, I have a lot of friends going through these same issues, which is why I became a podcast. Like, honestly, it had to because it's just so prevalent in our life today. And, you know, it's kind of like taboo or like, oh, man, people don't talk about these things. But I do all the time. Anybody who'll listen, like it's it's pretty much a huge part of every day of my life. Every day of my life, I'm thinking about. You know, what's going to happen next? What's this person going to do next? How is it affecting my kids? How is it affecting my marriage? How is it affecting, you know, my my health? Because it's very stressful and very hard to deal with. So, you know, talk, even, even this podcast is kind of therapeutic for me. So just talking about it and kind of understanding the ins and outs of what's going on is kind of like helpful too. And I think more people should do it. I I think... This just this first episode has kind of been kind of helpful to me. And with that, I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for sticking with me and chilling with me, listening to me, understanding. I hope you guys have some feedback for me. 
This has been The Struggle Is Real. And as you can see, The Struggle Is Real with your boy Bakari Booten. I see you out there. Peace.